What's up, guys? Max here, back with a brand new episode of the Scuttlebutt Show, and I have a good episode for you guys today. That is for sure. I want to say what's up to everybody listening on the podcast, everybody who found me from TikTok. Thank you guys for coming to check out the show. And what's up to everybody in the chat? R. Kunkel, one gram of Sam B. Fields. Welcome. Glad to see you on the show in the chat now. John Franco, Sir Nuggets, Harry Lime Pie, and anybody else who's listening who hasn't checked in yet, welcome. And uh, if you if you are thinking about coming to watch the show live because you're listening on the podcast, 1800 Pacific, don't miss it. We're live five days a week, Sunday through Thursday. It's a great time. So come join us. We're going to have some fun. So today I have some really crazy stories for you guys, including one about what's going on currently down at the border involving the Army National Guard mission out there. We're going to talk about that. It is insanity what's going on out there okay we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about some crime we're going to talk about some war that's going on all of that but first let me hit you guys with the about yesterday so i woke up this morning out here in okinawa japan i had quite an interesting uh quite an interesting comment on a video if you guys remember like a year and a half ago or something like that. We had a story about a Navy SEAL in Coronado, Navy SEAL Karen, who berated a young employee at a taco shop. I believe tacos could be pizza or coffee or something like that. A shop in Coronado right there on Orange uh, Avenue, I think it is, Orange Ave. So this is a, this is a follow-up to that. So I got a comment on that video. I'm not going to show you on the screen. I'm going to read it to you guys. It's from a profile called The Big Lebowski, B-O-O capitalized, or maybe B-0-0. And, uh, and the profile photo is of a young child. And so I got to preface that, okay? You got to take all this stuff with a grain of salt. And it's on the Navy SEAL Karen video. And it says, and I quote here, I'm using my youngest son's account. Suffice to say that the SEAL in question went to a Trident review. And the young man he was trying to berate was my son. At that time, my son was 20 years old and was just doing his job. As in, oh, by the way, said son is a Navy brat who was raised overseas and really doesn't give a rat's ass about any of it. Now, that's an interesting comment that the potential father of the kid involved commented on the video all this time later. It's suspicious that somebody would go and say, I'm using my kid's account. It's a profile picture of a kid, the big Lebowski. It could all be fake, of course. We got to keep that in mind. But also at the same time, it's hard to believe that somebody would stumble upon that video a year and a half later just out of nowhere and watch it and decide to leave this comment. Like it seems like something they would be searching, maybe something they would try be doing a discovery on on, face, on YouTube and they come across that video and they decide to leave the comments. So maybe it would just be one of many times that we have connected with the real people behind the story on this show. And I hope to do that a lot more. I love that stuff. Whenever that happens, I get really stoked about it. You guys may have noticed already that I'm wearing another new shirt, another trained-to-train shirt from Scuttlebutt Show or scuttlebuttclothing.com. You guys can go there and check that out. And uh, it's I'm just really leaning into the whole train-to-train mentality. I get up every morning and I go train because I'm trained to train, you know, and I love that and it means a lot to me. So I hope you guys find some meaning in that too. I also have something really cool that I'm working on for you guys, a bunch of stuff. Um, there's tons of cool stuff going on, tons of cool stuff. 
So uh, let's see. One gram of Sam says, oh, yeah, we remember that one. And it all seems kind of strange. Yes, it does seem a little bit strange. But we're just I just want to pass the information with the asterisk so you guys can get the, the story. I want you guys to have all the information that I have. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to be the person at the top with a secret over here. So we've got we've got the uh, follow up. We've got a follow up to start the show with today on those drone attacks in Iraq. So check this out. Video shows U.S. CRAM shooting down suicide drones attempting to attack U.S. troops. We got the video. We've been talking about the attack on the bases with the suicide drones. We actually have the video here. I wish Andrew was in the chat. See, I get these weird Japanese ads on here. I don't know what this is. But we go down here, and it's from uh, Nafisa, Nafisa, Konovard, blue check mark uh, from BBC, breaking footage taken by U.S. defensive system CRAM at Al Assad Air Base shows the moment that two suicide drones were engaged and shot down. Let's watch this. It's pretty cool. Hopefully it'll play here. Yeah, here we go. Boom! Let's go get some. That's what I'm talking about. Look at all those uh, shrapnel and then fires going on. Boom! Goes down. That's what I'm talking about. How epic was that? That's what I'm talking about. So we got those two suicide drones shot down by the base defense system, which is absolutely badass. I'm so glad that we could rest assured knowing we have these massive firepower guns around our base protecting us. Look at that. Just a solid stream of bullets. I wish there was sound so you guys could hear us, but just an absolute solid stream of bullets. And yep, that's what Al-Assad looked like right there. If I rewind right here, just layers upon layers of HESCO walls, giant blocks of sand protecting us, our barriers, they're like six feet tall, our barriers of uh, of safety, which, you know, it is what it is. You know, somebody could throw uh, a rock over there and hit you in the face or something like that, but that's what was protecting us. So we had that, and then those like half dome or caseman style buildings uh, that we would work and live out of, B huts, Connex boxes, you know, that looks about right to me. So they shot those down. That was super badass, and I'm glad that we finally had some video out of there. How cool is that? So that's a follow-up on something that we've been talking about. But we have not not just a follow-up, but more breaking news out of uh, out of the Middle East in in what seems to be a series of retaliatory strikes against Americans in response to the General Soleimani killing, and here we've got bases housing U.S. troops in Iraq and Syria come under attack. This is the third in three days of these. So we've got a Katyusha rocket struck an Iraqi military base hosting U.S. troops at Baghdad's, Baghdad's International Airport. You might hear it called BIOP. Wednesday, while in Syria, eight rounds of indirect fire, so it could be mortar fire, hit a base with members of U.S.-led coalition, the Iraqi and U.S. military said. That's, that's, those are hits. Those are rounds impacting, okay? Those aren't suicide kamikaze drones that got shot down. Those are rounds impacting. And luckily, no damage or casualties were reported from the Iraq attack. The third in as many days, the attack started on Monday, the anniversary of the U.S. airstrike that killed Soleimani. The attack in eastern Syria hit a base run by the U.S.-backed Syrian Democratic Forces with a small coalition advisory presence. It also caused no casualties, but several rounds landed inside the base, causing minor damage. Any one of those could be you know, it's like with this indirect fire that is they're lobbing rounds in at the base. Normally, there will be a handful of rounds sent over in one shot because they will get them off and then they will run away. 
they will flee so that they don't get targeted. Now, out of that, they try to get somebody's out there spotting, seeing where those rounds land, and they take the they adjust for fire the next time. So every attack, they might get closer and closer with these fires. So we're, we're talking about day after day after day of this. And if this continues, it's inevitable that they're going to kill somebody. They're going to get somebody. And that's going to be rough. So I hope that the American forces out there are taking protective and proactive and maybe aggressive actions against this stuff. I hope they're flying tons of ISR assets out there, manned, unmanned, and uh, and trying to figure out what is going on and prevent another one of these strikes. Coalition forces acting on intelligence responded swiftly and fired six rounds of artillery towards the point of origin of the attack. So, you know, one, one other thing about this that you guys should know is when, when you get attacked, like let's say a mortar attack, you could uh, find using, um, you know, technology that we have, you could find a poo site, a point of origin. So a poo site is where the the weapons were fired from. You could potentially figure this out and you could very quickly direct fire back at these poo sites. And that's probably what they're talking about there. The statement said that Iran supported malign actors, Iran supported malign actors fired from within the civilian infrastructure with no regard for civilian safety. So you got to be careful when you're firing back at a poo site. If that poo site's a village, you're probably not going to lob a bunch of, you know, high explosive, high power artillery or uh, an airstrike in that area. You're not going to drop a 500 pound bomb on a civilian neighborhood. So they know exactly what they're doing. They're pushing it for sure. So I hope that everyone's staying safe out there. If you know anybody out in the Middle East and Iraq and Syria right now, maybe check in with them, write them a letter, send them an email saying, hey, I heard things are getting rough out there. I just hope that you guys are staying safe. What's going on in the chat here today? It looks like we have a low viewer count on today's show, which is fine. I love doing this for you guys anyway. I'm just glad, you know, if even one person was out there, it'd be enough for me. So let's see, let's see, let's see. What's going on? Eric S., what's up, says, I want the hair gel that Max uses. Well, I use Got To Be Glued, the yellow bottle, not the extreme strength or whatever. I use the regular Got To Be Glued. Can't recommend highly enough. Um, thank you for the comments on the hair. What's up, Iron Lotus? Uh, let's let's hear that burr. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have the volume on that video, which is too bad. Um, Corporal, what's up? Welcome to the chat. Um, let's see, let's see. Nugget says some action must be taken now. Iron Lotus says Scuttlebutt Iran is making a huge mistake if they keep this up. There's going to be a lot of dead Iranian generals. Well, I don't know about that. Um, it's a complicated issue because you don't want, they probably don't want to start a nation war, nation to nation war, um, over even if these uh, attacks do end up killing an American. It would only be one of many times that Iranian backed forces have killed Americans. So, what do you do? If there hasn't been a war with Iran now over things that happen, it's hard to imagine that this is going to be the tipping point. Uh, this These retaliatory strikes, they're, they're probably, we're probably going to take some of them on the chin, to be honest. Even though I don't like that, I don't like that one bit. I'm just guessing that that's probably what's going to happen. You guys can let me know if you think that I'm wrong in the chat. I would love to hear it. So, you know, I, I've been talking with people recently in my, in my sphere out here, people that I talk to in person, real people that I know about how much I think the government is horrible at solving problems. The government is just not the answer to our personal problems, okay? Usually when the government gets involved in people's lives, it tends to make things worse. Just think about the military. If you've been in the military, that's the government at work, right? Do you want those same practices, those same systems in charge of every aspect of your life 
I don't think so. And I think that that applies to many, many of the programs put in place to combat the negatives of the COVID lockdowns, like financial uh, incentives, those checks that we all got, those, uh, what were they called? The When they sent money to everybody, what was that called? Help me in the chat, remember what that was called? Um, and there was all these small business loans. And I talked to people that we've had on the Scuttlebutt show over the past several years, a lot of small businesses, many, oh, the stimulus, I got the stimulus, many small businesses uh, that I've had interviews with and are owned by friends of mine. And I've asked them about the COVID loans for their small businesses, service, uh, service disabled veteran owned small businesses that applied for COVID relief loans and were denied or it was too complicated or whatever it is. They had all these issues, okay? All these issues because the government is just chaos. Trying to go through the government for solutions is chaos. Then somebody gets some help and here's what they do with it. This person is such a jerk I don't know what to say. I mean, that's not, doesn't even begin to describe it. And then when I read this article, I'm like, who is this person? This is a crazy story. This story is C-R-A-Z-Y crazy. $6 million in COVID loans fraudulently went to veteran and ex-Liberian official living in Georgia, like Georgia in the United States, the feds say. This story is insane. We've got you guys aren't going to believe this one. Wait till we get into the details of this. A former high-ranking Liberian government official and United States military veteran. Now, I know you're going to be going, wait, what? But yes, that's all accurate. We're going to get into what she did in the, in the army. Moved to Georgia and changed her name. She's accused of filing bogus applications for paycheck protection programs, the PPP loans, during the coronavirus pandemic. Now... She's going to prison. That's a lot of money. Hunter Van Pelt. So this lady's name is Hunter Van Pelt, which is a straight up movie bad guy name of Roswell, Georgia, was sentenced to three years and five months in prison in the Northern District of Georgia. So three and a half years, basically, on January 4th. So just yesterday, sentenced. She pled guilty to bank fraud last year. Just wait to hear about what else. The U.S. Attorney's Office said that in a news release. Van Pelt was also ordered to pay $7 million in restitution and to forfeit an additional $2 million, which will never happen. This person will never make money again, so you can forget about that money ever going back to anybody who needs it. Defense attorneys representing Van Pelt told McClatchy News in a statement that they were thankful she received a lesser sentence. I guess they were going for a higher sentence, but because she pled guilty, she got off with only three and a half years. And that's a, and that's a shame about the justice system is if somebody's willing to just say, oh, yeah, I did do it. Well, they'll go easy on you. It's like dealing with a child. We are thankful that Judge Cohen recognized Ms. Van Pelt's long history of honorable service in the U.S. military and other mitigating factors in granting her a substantial downward departure from the guideline sentence, they said. And they cite that this is an ongoing trend when sentencing military veterans to take into account their military service with the harshness of their sentencing. But in this case, I think this person actually should be sentenced maybe double or triple the sentence because what they did was actually hurt other veterans and people who needed this help. Congress, Congress passed the PPP program as part of a, I guess, the PP program, the PP program, 
As part of a federal aid package to provide businesses with forgivable loans, the money was designed to help small businesses struggling to stay afloat during widespread shutdowns caused by COVID-19. And like I said, I can't tell you how many people I know got denied their PPP loans. Unfortunately, Van Pelt decided to use the program as a personal U.S. bank. Attorney Kurt R. S. Erskine said in the press release, that's a U.S. attorney, a significant federal sentence such as the one she received hopefully deters others from following the same path. Well, we'll see. According to information filed in court, Van Pelt filed for PPP loans on behalf of six companies under her control between April and June 2020. So in other words, got about a cool mil per uh, program there. The applications falsely stated that Van Pelt employed anywhere from 12 to 91 employees and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on payroll expenses. That's a horrible thing to do. Filling out fraudulent applications, lying from the very beginning. Van Pelt sought at least almost $8 million in loans, but she actually got $6 million. They actually gave her $6 million. The government gave her $6 million. When federal investigators began looking into the alleged fraud, government said, uh, the government said they discovered Van Pelt was a former government official in Liberia, a West African country. So wait, what? This was a government official in Liberia? She legally changed her name in Georgia from Ellen Corcoran. None of this makes any sense, okay? So we find out that this military veteran who was a government official in Liberia, well, then you go like, well, her name must be something, you know, foreign sounding. It was Ellen Corcoran. And then she changes it to Hunter Van Pelt, classic bad guy name in July 2016, prosecutors said, but she continues to use her old name. The PPP applications were reportedly filed using both names as well as the name of her son, another for the third time count of fraudulently filing for these loans. What? Van Pelt told the citizen Harvard Kennedy School student newspaper in 2011 interview that she was born in Liberia, but is a U.S. citizen. Van Pelt, who was then named uh, Corcoran, said she spent a number of years as a commercial airline jet pilot and as a Black Hawk helicopter pilot in the United States military before completing a master's in business administration at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, that's MIT, and then later enrolling in Harvard. Excuse me? When I read this, I thought, is this the story of Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can, or is this the story of Van Pelt, classic bad guy name? What is, who is this person? What is this story? She became managing director of the Liberia Airport Authority, but was indicted in 2013. So this is where you find out she actually has a criminal record. So sometimes you wonder, how can one person do so much? It's probably because they're full of it. It's probably because they're full of BS. So she becomes the airport authority, but was indicted in 2013 on charges she made hundreds of thousands of dollars in unauthorized transfers from the airport's bank account. So, you know, she's stealing money from Africa. She's stealing money from America. This person's a scumbag. She fled to the U.S. Charges eventually were dropped in 2019, so she got away with it. And she maintained ties with Liberia. Prosecutors said bank statements shed some light on where some of the money from her PPP loans went, spent $22,000 at Publix, $2,500 at Costco, and $4,800 at Sam's Club. Some or all of the purchases made at Van Pelt and Publix involved sending money to individuals living in Liberia. So she wire transferred this money out of the country. Oh my God. Some or all of the purchases were transferred out of the country. That's crazy. Van Pelt also used money to make almost $100,000 on her American Express payments. Magistrate judge charged Van Pelt by criminal complaint in October of 2020. She was arrested and released on a $50,000 bond before pleading guilty to the charges in August to now serve her three and a half year sentence. Is that not one of the craziest stories you've ever heard? I absolutely am disgusted 
by veterans who steal money out of the pockets of other veterans for one. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say that's what she did because like I stated, I know so many veterans who apply for those PPP loans who were denied because they didn't meet the requirements, whatever. But then they go and somebody goes in there and lies on their applications, not one, not two, but three and potentially, you know, seven or eight times if she, if every one of those counts of lying about how many employees she had counts as one of those times. And then she takes $6 million, sends it out of the country. So that money's not not ever going to be seen in America again. And then spends the rest of it on herself. An absolute disaster. A total train wreck. I'm glad that she got her sentence to a, a few years in prison. It seems appropriate. So one gram Sam says she's a vet. Please consider her service to reduce her penalty. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more than not good, not legit, not solid. Nugget says, yep, absolutely. It took six mil for someone to do something. Yep. Yep. I wonder if they, you know, check receipts. Do they check receipts on that kind of stuff? Truly a story crazy to believe. It is. John facepalming. Let's see. This tax. This has tax evasion written all over it. John, only one of many charges she probably faced. Pro Hero, what's up? P-O-S. Yes, she filled out her PQS to become a POS. That's for sure. Hey, I'm going to clip that one. I'm gonna, that was pretty good. I have to clip that. That was pretty good. So we've got, a, a, man, a bunch of stories. But since I just talked about how someone took a bunch of money out of the pockets of veterans, I thought I would take some time to tell you how you can put a bunch of money back into your pockets. Let's jump over to this next story. It's a 2022 holiday miracle. Another, count it. Nope, not that one. Another one. Yep, count it. Another one. Another. <laughs> Another 16 million veterans can get Home Depot's new military discount year round. Is there anything more exciting to a veteran than finding out they can get a discount at Home Depot? I I don't know how many veterans I know who retired and they went to go work at Home Depot with that orange apron and they are just living their best lives out there in the lumber department. That sweet scent of treated lumber doesn't get better than that, you guys. So if you're seeking the 10% military discount at the Home Depot, be prepared for a new policy. The National Home Improvement Retailer has expanded its year-round discount to all veterans, potentially 16 million more, plus their spouses. And the company has also tightened up its verification process for that discount. We're going to talk all about that verification process. Plus, I have a bonus for you guys. I'm going to give you opportunities to find a bunch of discounts here in a second. So the original program for, uh, for Home Depot's discount went a little something like this. It used to be open to... Currently serving members, retirees, service-connected disabled veterans, and their dependents with ID cards, who they could use it always, but then other veterans were only eligible to use this discount during some holidays. Now, anybody with an other than dishonorable discharge, other than dishonorable discharge, who proves that they're a veteran can use it year-round and take 10% off. That is epic. I missed that Home Depot discount when I got out. And how do you do it? Well, you have to go to a website called Sheer ID, which I've pulled up right here. You go to Sheer ID, and you can click uh, this dropdown for shoppers, and you find it, you know your applicable one. I assume most people watching this video would click military. And then you can find the military deal. So you log in one time to your Sheer ID account, and it does a verification using your social security number, whatever the deal is. And then you get all of these discounts. So do you want a discount to NASCAR, Talladega, Huel uh, for nutrition products, KitchenAid, 
you can get a, a scooter. You can scoot around. It's so convenient. Dollar General, Wilson Sporting Goods, NASCAR again. What else do we got here? We got Jan's Sticker Mule, which I'm actually going to check this one out, see if I can get some stickers for the Scuttlebutt show. You can get a discount on trash cans. Peloton, if you've been looking for that Peloton for your house, like that old commercial that went viral where the guy buys it for his wife and he got totally uh, berated on the internet for being a, a mansplaining to his wife that she needs to get back into shape or else he's going to divorce her or whatever the drama was around that. You can get the Peloton discount here. Champ Sports, Holtz Cigars. I know some people out there like cigars. Bang Energy. Can you say bang, bang energy drinks with 5,000 milligrams of caffeine to get you going? And it, I mean, you could just scroll through this list all day long of places that you can start accessing discounts to immediately by logging into Sheer ID. And I know that now thanks to the Home Depot. Just like their commercial says, the Home Depot. Whatever their uh, whatever their slogan is. I don't even remember what the slogan is, but they're great. The Home Depot is great. They have like one of the greatest return policies in the world. Their people there are so helpful, their employees. I heard that they take pretty good care of their employees. So Go over to Sheer ID if you want to. If you do, I'd love to hear what you bought from Sheer ID, maybe on a future episode. Anytime you guys shop at Sheer ID, come drop me a comment. Let me know what it is that you bought. I would love to hear it, and I'll keep you guys updated. Maybe I'll shop on Sheer ID and make a little video about what I buy. So go check that out. It is uh, it is just a good deal. It's You just can't, you're losing money if you don't do it, I guess, is what it seems like. So I'll update you guys on that. You guys update me. It's a deal. How about that? All right, what's going on here? Pro Hero, smash the like button. Absolutely. We got to get the chats growing up again. It's the new year. I feel like we lost some people in the chat. The common uh, common members of the show have not been enforced this week. Uh, some, the OGs have, but some of the ones we had picked up right at the end of the year, maybe not so much. So we're going to try to keep this thing growing in this year. Let's see. Thank you, Pro Hero, for the shout out. Sam says, yay. Uh, R. Kunkel says, I've enjoyed the 10% discount at Lowe's for years. That's great. As a retiree, I imagine that's a... Uh, are you retired, Marine Corps, Arkunko, or Jews do your years and got out? John, my wife religiously shops at Lowe's. That's awesome. Sky's the limit. Ed, what's up? Welcome to the chat. So, ah, 2021 is over. And if you guys remember last year, you might remember this. You might remember this. Um, we had the USO... Service members of the year. You guys might remember that last year. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. It's fine. And the Army announced their service members of the year. So let's check that out. Meet the Army's 2021 USO service members of the year, honored by the USO for their outstanding performance. We've got, first up, every branch uh, had two people nominated or or awarded USO service members of the year. Army Sergeant Brianna Jessup. Sergeant Brianna Jessup of Miton, Utah, played a key role in the evacuation op operations at the Hamid Karzai International Airport in Afghanistan this past August. When the 82nd Airborne Division was called to support the mission, Jessup became the non-commissioned officer in charge of the airport's chapel. You'd be surprised how many Christians and Catholics live in Iraq, especially the more north you get, the more religious uh, diversity you'll find. And there are tons of churches and, um, and like I said, Christians living in Iraq. Uh, and in Afghanistan, I don't know if that's the same thing. I didn't really experience that as much. But maybe 
there are a bunch of Christians in Afghanistan and they needed to set up a, a church over there and people were going in there to, to get services or maybe at least just the, uh, the troops. Despite having limited to non-existent resources, she used her ingenuity to ensure 4,000 members of the coalition force, including the U.S. troops, had access to items to use for basic hygiene. Also very important, when I was in, again, talking about Iraq, when I was in Iraq, we did baby wipe showers for six months, effectively. And uh, we just wipe ourselves down with baby wipes, wipe the dirt off. It was so gross. And in Afghanistan, we showered once every uh, two or three days to conserve water. So that was the rule there. Jessup also oversaw the orphanage. So she's in charge of the church, hygiene, and the orphanage that was formed as a result of the increase in unaccompanied minors being brought to the area. And she led the charge to help care for children ranging in age from seven days to 17 years old, according to the USO. That's a lot of responsibility. She protected their well-being and their dignity as human beings thanks to Jessup's devoted and selfless leadership efforts. More than 400 displaced children were protected from enemy attacks and the turmoil that unfolded during the operation. So bravo Zulu to her. Bravo Zulu to her. Then we've got Army Sergeant Francisco Javier Luna. Why does that name sound familiar? Massachusetts National Guard. By day, Massachusetts Army National Guard Sergeant Francisco Javier Luna is a police officer with the Springfield, Massachusetts Police Department. One chilly morning, Luna was on patrol when he received a 911 call to help an infant who had stopped breathing. I don't know what could be scarier than arriving on a scene and there's a baby not breathing. Within minutes, Luna got to the scene to find a panicked mother, that has got to be a terrifying situation, and an unresponsive three-month-old boy whose skin had turned blue. He quickly started infant CPR while waiting for emergency crews to arrive. After about three minutes, the boy regained consciousness and began breathing on his own. Luna's steady hand and leadership helped save the baby. So, gotta give a big bravo Zulu to him as well. So, shout out to Sergeant Francisco Javier Luna and Army Sergeant Brianna Jessup for their outstanding performance, their sustained superior performance over this year of uh, 2021 that we just exited. And congratulations on being named the USO Service Member of the Year for the Army. And thank you to MC for a $1.99 super chat. That's awesome. Great to see you. I'm glad to know that you're out there. And I really appreciate that. And and uh, as always, thank you everyone who's out in the chat who hasn't chimed in in the text. Uh, I do appreciate you guys being out there. Let's see. Let's see. Scuttlebutt, did you watch the new Medal of Honor ceremonies recently? I did. Alwyn Cash awarded the Medal of Honor, and a living Green Beret um, who was awarded for actions in, is it Afghanistan? Uh, Was it in Ghazni when their base came under attack, I believe? Incredible story. Incredible story. Sam says, yes, baby wipe showers. If the world ends, I want baby wipes. Yep. ROSC is rare. That is amazing. Very lucky. Uh, Is that, what is ROSC? 82nd patch on my shoulder. Pick up your shoots and follow me. Air Assault Infantry for Campbell Cadence. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, so the headline story of today, I'm going to slow it down a little bit. Let's slow it down a little bit and think about this. Um, we've talked before about uh, the... Army's mission on the border and some people who were, who got some DUIs, some car accidents, even death. Um, People had been getting in trouble. People had been just drinking. A lot of drinking apparently is going on. And it sounds like 
the government across the spectrum is really letting the people down on this mission on the border. I saw this. We got to talk about this. It's it's horrible. Horrible. Oh, my gosh. So let's jump right in and see what's going on here. Another Operation Lone Star Soldier dies, and another one almost did, amid a morale crisis involving this mission. Absolutely terrible. A Texas National Guard soldier assigned to the state's mission at its border with Mexico, dubbed Operation Lone Star, accidentally shot and killed himself in an alcohol-related incident Saturday. That's horrible. Another survived a suicide attempt during the week between Christmas and New Year's Day. Probably because they're suffering intolerable conditions deployed away from their family in the United States, according to the initial incident reports obtained by Army Times. Now, you, if you're like me, you might be thinking, how could it be so bad on a deployment in CONUS? In CONUS, the continental United States. How could the Army let things get so bad that soldiers are dying there because of the conditions? Because the conditions are so bad, people are turning to alcohol, they're getting depressed, they're acting out, they've been kept away for months from their families in CONUS. How could this situation have gotten so bad? Well, there's a multifaceted problem going on. Let's talk about some of the issues. The morale crisis among troops at the border, many of whom are there via long-term unit-wide involuntary activations, led Joint Task Force Lone Star's chaplains to initiate a force-wide morale survey. Army Times previously reported a series of suicide deaths linked to the mission whose soldiers are suffering from issues with living conditions and pay. You know, in the military, when you ask people to up and leave their family and their homes on short notice to go who knows where, to do who knows what, one of the highest, and I've said this on the show before, one of the highest causes of stress is pay issues. When people are having, uh, when troops are having pay issues and they feel like their home base, you know, their actual family where they live is not being supported, it's almost impossible for them to succeed and be doing a good job on their actual mission that they are on. I've seen this myself so many times. I feel like anybody who's deployed, anybody who's been a a leader in the military when you've been away from home has experienced this because pay issues are pretty rampant among the military. Approximately 10,000 members of the Texas National Guard and Texas State Guard and official state militia are either on the border or supporting the effort from other locations in the state, according to a November operations order obtained by Army Times. The soldiers are supporting the Texas Department of Public Safety under the control of Governor Greg Abbott, and Texas officials say they are in a state active duty status attempting to stem human and drug trafficking. Fiscal year 2021 saw an all-time record level of Border Patrol apprehensions along the U.S.-Mexico border. So... We know that the the surges at the border are, you see it in the news every day, at crisis levels, uh, never seen before, people flowing across with, and that includes uh, human trafficking, drug smuggling, all of that, people from all different countries and backgrounds. So the army has been deployed down there to stand post and observe and report anything that they see that looks like 
migrants crossing. Texas military department officials did not immediately respond to questions submitted by Army Times on Monday evening. Operation Lone Star is a distinct state-run effort with no operational connection to the federally controlled National Guard task force on the border, which Army Times investigated in December. So this is these are two missions acting in tandem uh, that both seem to be equally in disaster states. The suicide attempt occurred on December 28th, according to documents obtained by Army Times. An infantry NCO assigned to one of JTF Lone Star's subordinate task forces cut his wrists in his hotel room near McAllen, Texas. Man. Insane. That, that it would come to that. In CONUS, four soldiers from his unit responded quickly enough to gain access to his room and slow to bleeding until paramedics arrived. The NCO was recovering. But less than an hour after midnight on New Year's Day, so basically, you know, New Year's Eve, you're drinking, it becomes midnight, it's like 12.30 in the morning, uh, this is when this happens, a junior enlisted soldier from the same mobilized unit, 3rd Battalion, 141st Infantry, died off-duty at a friend's house when he shot himself in the head with his personal weapon. The incident was alcohol-related. I don't know what the circumstances were, if they were playing with the gun, cleaning the gun, Russian roulette, something like that, I don't know. Local authorities are investigating the McAllen shooting to deter definitively determine the soldier's cause of death. The morale survey initiated by the chaplains two days later on Monday asks each of the soldiers assigned to JTF Lone Star to rate their motivation on a scale of 1 to 10, according to the screenshots of the, the questions. The survey asks troops who report low motivation why that's the case and directs them towards spiritual and mental health resources. How about redirect those results to people who are interested in helping? How about leaders who want to help, which we're going to talk about in a minute? In recent weeks, news reports and former senior Texas National Guard personnel have focused attention on the conditions affecting the morale of soldiers deployed to the border with JTF Lone Star. When the mission expanded last year from a small volunteer effort to a mass mobilization, issues with hardship requests and rapid deployment notices left many soldiers struggling after being asked to drop their civilian lives for an extended period of time. In some cases, troops were only given days notice, which is rough. That's the story of being National Guard. You get mobilized for natural disasters. Uh, unrest, civil unrest, things like that. So you're always dealing with the possibility of being um, deployed quickly. You should be protected from losing your job or anything like that while you're away. But it doesn't protect you from stresses like family problems at home, financial issues that you're already you know in uh, burdened by, and any other mental health or personal stress or or physical health issues that you're going through. Texas leaders ordered units to issue arrest warrants for troops who don't report or who go AWOL from the mission. So people have just been up and leaving, up and leaving the mission, and uh, they've had to issue arrest warrants for that. They haven't said how many people have had the arrest warrants or how many have been arrested or anything like that. So we just have to assume it's enough to make note of in this article. Systemic pay issues have impacted troops there as well due to the massive influx of guard troops onto the state payroll. For human resource purposes, they are temporary state employees, meaning that the increase in troops on a mission overwhelmed the systems. So now they're doing all this work and they're in these terrible conditions and are not getting paid. From a benefits perspective, long-term state active duty orders do not provide federal education benefits, veterans affairs, disability coverage, or credit towards the troops' federal National Guard retirements. The Texas Military Department also recently slashed state tuition assistance benefits for its troops by 54%, retroactive to the beginning of the fall 2021 semester. The former top NCO in the Texas Army National Guard, retired Command Sergeant Major Jason Featherston, posted a video to Twitter depicting the cramped living quarters on the mission's base camps, which are converted RV and semi-truck trailers. So this video that we're about to watch is where people are living, uh, where people are living on this mission. 
There's people sleeping in there. Look at that. It look you've got a row of maybe four layers of um, racks stacked four, maybe five high. If you're if you've ever been on a ship, a navy ship, imagine this is more cramped, more cramped than a navy ship, is what I'm looking at. Imagine that. More cramped with less living space than on a navy ship. Maybe it's maybe I have to maybe that was a ladder. Maybe I correct myself. Three high, three high with like a ladder to get up and down. So th racks three high. So just like a ship, basically just like a ship. Only it actually does look smaller. You have less stuff room for personal space. This is in Texas. This is in Conus. It's unbelievable. Featherston has also spoken out about a purported lack of cold weather equipment, which means they're out there in the cold, freezing at night. It gets really cold out in the desert at night. Body armor, first aid kits, and even portable toilets. Portable toilets, they don't even have toilets. The majority of troops along the border have a repetitive daily task. Many observation posts along the Rio Grande looking for sus groups of migrants and then calling the state troopers or border patrol to interdict and apprehend them. Some guardsmen are actively participating in arresting migrants for trespassing, which is allowed because more than 100 landowners have authorized the state to do so. I don't know how all this works. Not going to go into all that. Critics of the mission have argued there are more troops along the border than necessary, accusing Gr uh, Governor Abbott of sending them there in a political posturing effort against more conservative rivals, challenging him in the March Republican guber gubernatorial primary. So listen to that again. They're saying that Governor Abbott of Texas is doing this to out-conservative other conservative uh, uh, competition of his. Politicians of all ideological bents are criticizing the turn Operation Lone Star has taken in recent months. Army Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who is, you know, left, left the Army in a less than popular uh, or, or less than good standing, um, uh, called on the Texas Guard's top general to resign or be fired on Tuesday. Major General Tracy Norris, if you have any honor, integrity, or character whatsoever, you should immediately submit your resignation, West said. If not, Abbott should relieve her of command or replace her with Brigadier General Moni Ulis, who is currently the leading JTF Lone Star. The frontrunner for the Democratic nomination in Texas, Beto O'Rourke, also criticized Abbott in a pair of articles. And this is in regards to the uh, suicide, death, alcohol-related incidents, all that stuff um, of people out there. So this whole situation going on on the border of Texas is sounds horrible for the National Guard out there. And I just want to draw some attention to it and say, hey, National Guard out there in Texas, I hope you're doing well. If you want to, if you have anything you want to talk about, if you have anything you think people should know, write me at thescuttlebushshow@gmail.com, or you can come on the show and and I'll I'll share that with people. If you're if you're going through something out there, a crisis of circumstance in Texas as part of Operation Lone Star, I would love to hear what's going on. So maybe we can spread some information and get some help for people out there or maybe draw some attention to it at least. So yeah, let me know. Please hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. <sighs> Harry Lime Pie updated his membership for the eighth month. Thank you very much. It is great to have you here. Maybe the channel's greatest contributor and I really appreciate it. Um, next story proceeds to be a poor story from the army. Uh, whatever happened to no brass, no ammo weapon 
on safe, no magazine loaded. Yes, but that was it did say it was a personal weapon. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Booze and guns do not mix. Damn, just R- Ramiro says, damn, just joined the live stream and heard infantryman suicide in McAllen, Texas. This sucks, and I live down here in McAllen. Oh, sorry to hear that, Ramiro. Maybe you have some information that you can share with us in the, in the chat. And welcome to the show. Um, looks like racks on a sub. Yep. Can it be worse than a submarine when they hot rack? It sounds like it's just like that. When I was on rotation to Germany, we slept 20 to a room designed for 40. It wasn't until Poland where it was four to a room. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Living conditions for the military are famously bad and that's kind of expected. But when you're dealing with what they're dealing with down in Texas, morale wise and everything like that, you would think they would make some effort to improve it because it's, it's chaos. And people are dying now as a result of it. And it's in America. It's in the United States. You're not in another country. So there's really no excuse. I don't think so. No excuse. One more story today, guys. We'll get to it. We might get out of here a little bit early. You know, it's funny. This next story, I've had this guy on my, uh, on my list of stories every day this week. And I bumped him. I'm like Matt Damon on uh, The Tonight Show or whatever. I bumped him every day because I, I just had more other stories to talk about. But today, I had room to fit this story in, and I wanted to talk about it because it's kind of funny and it's kind of clever. And it kind of relates to Stu Scheller in a stretch. It's a stretch, but we can get there. From Navy ship to sails, officer creates a squared away look for uniform name tags. Let's talk about this journey to entrepreneurship. Navy Lieutenant Mitchell Kempesty in 2018, a surface warfare officer aboard the patrol ship USS Monsoon, was bothered by the untidy appearance his name tag made on his coveralls. Hey, we remember Monsoon, right? So the USS Monsoon, Monsoon Lieutenant Mitchell Kempesty Ops Nav Department. It kept wrinkling and curling, he said, and looked totally unsat. So if you guys have seen sailors, they wear patches on their uniform, on their coveralls. And what happens is after a lot of wear and tear, you can kind of see it on your screen here on his uniform. Uh, the, the corners kind of curl in, it crinkles, it gets all, you know, floppy and loses its rigidity, which I always thought meant that you worked for a living. You know what I mean? Like you have your, you have your nice one and you have your work one. That's how I, that's how we always rolled. Like you have your Working uniform, the one that you wear that's trash, and then you have your your quarters one, your your show-off one, your presentation uniform, the one that's a little bit better. So you would have two patches, one good one, one trash one. I wouldn't want to walk around all day long on the ship with a perfectly squared off, you know, freshly starched with creases in it uniform, not a drop of oil or fuel or anything on there, because I'd be worried people think, look, this guy doesn't do any work. But I guess... You know, if you want to look your best, if you want to present your best and you just want your actions to speak for you, so you show up and you get down and dirty and you just want your patch to have nice corners, then this is good for you. I was annoyed with the name tags and just wanted to make something for myself and my ship that would protect the name tags from getting beat up, Kempesty told Stars and Stripes. Three years after his tour on the monsoon, Kempesty's improved name tag protector is available for purchase across the Navy. It's pretty good. A mainstay of... A mainstay maker of military insignia, Vanguard, you know them, you see Vanguard on top of all of the military gear at the exchanges, is marketing his design dubbed the Enforcer, so that's like way overnamed. 
way overnamed, but I like it. You might as well full send it if you're going to do it. Is available online at vanguardmill.com with plans to get it on shelves at Navy Exchanges. We saw his idea and thought it had great merit. Michael Harrison, uh, Chief Operation Officer to CEO of Vanguard Total Stars and Stripes. We have a distribution network that the lieutenant does not have, so it's beneficial for all parties. So they're going to take a huge cut of that. They probably, maybe he patented it and they, and they licensed it. Chemistry saw he had a learning opportunity in the path from an idea to a patented product. A native of Laurel, Maryland, and a Naval Academy grad, he bought a plastic uh, basic 3D printer, learned computer-aided design, and cranked out a prototype of the name tag protector. If you guys have any interest in getting into 3D modeling and uh, 3D printing, there's never been a better time. There's tons of 3D modeling software out there for free, and 3D printers, you can buy them for a few hundred dollars with some rolls of filament, and you can get started right away. His invention is a backing board attached to the name tag with Velcro that attaches the board to the uniform, keeping the name tag neat and straight. The board keeps the name tag stiff, so no more wrinkles or curls. It keeps name tags neat, not, on just, not just on coveralls, but on flight suits and other uniforms too. Of course, the problem being there, anything you put on a flight suit is potential FOD, foreign object damage, and you don't want to have anything that can fall from your uniform or potentially get lost, so that would have to be a major concern there. His prototype was resilient, standing up to repeated wear and being constantly pulled from the uniform by its Velcro backing. He patented his invention. It took a year and a half, it says, for him to do so. And his big break came when Vanguard approached him in May after the Navy Times reported on his invention. He renamed it and started to manufacture it. He says, this product, Harrison says, this product is important if you just want to stand out from your peers. It gives great overall appearance and enhances the detail of your name identification badges on various styles of military uniforms. He said he licensed his patent to Vanguard, yep, exactly, and receives royalties for the invention. The project has cost him $5,000, including research and development. If the Navy Exchange Services or the, the AFES places a big order for these, he'll make his money back relatively quickly, I think. To get this on the shelves taught me that I can take any shower thought and turn it into an invention with only drive and effort. Hey, if you guys have ideas, make them, prototype them. You never know when you stumble across a billion-dollar idea. He says... He uh, had to learn from scratch about modeling, 3D printing, patents, manufacturing, licensing. I did not know any of that stuff when I started. Spent my personal time just figuring it out, working with the right people to get help. If you guys do want to learn about that, I recommend using either YouTube or LinkedIn Learning. I, I, I wish this show was sponsored by LinkedIn because LinkedIn Learning is a great program uh, to learn trades like this and crafts and, and skills that you have access to as a veteran for free. Can't beat it. It's uh, incredible. It's unbelievable that you have that. So please don't waste that. It's, it's, it's a huge mistake too. All right, guys, what's going on in the chat here? Nugget says, if it's a good market, uh, what about Slim Leonard? <laughs> it's like flying F-35, but all the buttons are like calculator and that's how you fly it and everything is on fire. Exactly. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. We'll get out of here a few minutes early and you guys can all go enjoy some time with whatever it is that you do with yourselves. Uh, and I am going to edit this episode and put it up online like I always do. I've got my, my workflow that I have to uh, get to over here. That's what I do. I prep for the show in the morning. I do it. When the show's over, I edit it and post it on the podcast and TikTok and all that stuff. I'm also working on some cool stuff for you guys coming up in the next few days, hopefully. Can't wait to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. I think that you're going to. It's going to be really cool. With all that being said, great to see you. Thanks for being here. I look forward to talking to all of you very soon. But for now, that's the scuttlebutt.